baby, we're back. Welcome to another episode of Best of Five, where the ticker is so outdated that I forgot to click on this thing and then not auto next. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Best of Five. It's been a hot minute, right? Welcome. Dude, I'm so happy you guys are here. Uh, thank you. Thank you all for joining us. First order of business. There's something very important that's happening here. I bought something a couple of months ago, expecting it to show up in a reasonable amount of time. It did not show up in a reasonable amount of time. Instead, it showed up last week. So here it is. What is this, you may ask? This is an emergency button. This is an emergency button. So you have to open this up and then click the button. It's an emergency. Now, if you go into your channel points on the stream, there is a new reward. There is a new reward. It is slightly pricey, but it is to press the button. If you spend your channel points, we will press the button at any point during the show, and we'll see what happens. Later, Ragan has redeemed. Press the button. I hope this works. I set it up. Here we go. The corn action. And nobody's giving an inch. Let us, oh. let us do a play-by-play -play for you Someone's guys. Someone's got a dribble. Someone's got an itchy nose. Oh, my god. Someone has some pepper there. A little movement. Oh. A little movement. A little the movement. Flow. He gives him the flow face. Oh my gives gosh. him the flow face. Gives I, him the flow I, face. I, I, I like to put up an investment. I like to put an investment right now if I could, if I may. But nobody around. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a giant red button that plays random clips from old base monster YouTube. It's random clips. I have a bunch of them. I don't know which clip is going to play next. It's a random button. And I'm going to keep adding more uh, base monster clips. For those of you that don't know, uh, base monster used to capture funny moments from tournaments. Namin. Uh, so <laughs> enjoy. Uh, and that you can do that at any point during the show. So spend your channel points because you haven't been able to spend them until now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw Olsen. This is the idea. I did it. I bought this. This is a giant red emergency button. I have to open this up and press it. Right. So at any point, you guys can redeem that. And we can watch a random base monster clip and relive the past. Welcome. Mount it behind you on the wall so I can. I wish, dude, I've tried to mount shit on this wall. It's like that dumb, like, sheet rock. So, like, it's porous and I can't. I even bought. I even bought alien tape. For those of you that don't know, alien tape is. Uh, like, reusable duct tape. This thing is magic. I've used it on a lot of film productions that I've worked in. And it doesn't stick to this fucking wall. So, but anyway, at any point in the show, you guys can redeem the press the button and we can press the button and see what happens. Any whoozle, tonight on the show, we're not going to have a recap because I forgot. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ludwig controversy. Alien tape works on everything. I'm telling you, dude, this wall, this sheetrock wall bullshit don't work. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the Ludwig Smash Tournament controversy. For those of you that didn't check it out, uh, there was the most stacked 
Melee and Ultimate Tournament happened under Ludwig's umbrella. And there was one slight thing that caused a little bit of a stir. And we're going to talk about it. We're going we're gonna to talk about Defend the North. Defend the North, the first ever all-PC tournament of the FGC. All-PC major regional of the FGC. Uh, Street Fighter VI, uh, the beta showed back up out of nowhere. Uh, and there was also uh, some uh, earnings reports from Capcom that were released that people are a little worried about. It would be controversial if Smash didn't have a controversy. Maybe. Maybe so. Um, and then if we have some time towards the end, we'll have quick hits. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a shortened show just because real life has been hell. So I haven't had as much time as I wanted to to prepare for everything that we're going to talk about today. So apologies for that. However, I do believe it is time for us to get right into it. For those of you that didn't see uh, Defend the North was here uh was this past week uh last week but we didn't have the show but you know there was a bunch of other tournaments yeah every, every, you just go watch tournaments all right that's the recap for this week thanks for joining us for the recap let's get into our second topic die by sword i think you got here after i announced it there's a new viewer points reward called press the button i'm not going to tell you what it does if you weren't here for it a king offsuit has redeemed press the button Nice, it's even. He has a lead action. Oh, gets a jump in. Oh, he needs that combo. combo. What are you trying to do? Oh, shit. Got her, got her, got her, got her. He's, he doesn't want to finish his food. That was scary. I don't I don't agree with that, how Aqua won that. You can tell he was clearly trolling for Ultra 2, but yep. it didn't happen. And look at the smile on his face. He knows. <laughs> He's not going to. Oh, oh, he did it again. He dropped setups. So Yo, we so get a setup. to get out of. Another setup. Oh, kill him. Let her live. Oh, my goodness. Are you, you let real? it happen! You let it happen! <laughs> Don't let it happen! Oh man! Yo, he for <laughs> he gave up a guaranteed kill to do this. Do you realize the troll level it's at right now? Yo, he's so happy! He's so happy! Uh, <laughs> the last snackish special of Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition 2012. Fun fact: I was there. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm in the video, but I did go to this tournament. This was uh. This was the tournament right before one of the uh, NYU majors. So, like, uh, Seth Killian was there. A bunch of other people were there. It was, it was a great time. It was a grand old time. Um, but, yeah, so that's the button. All right. We only have so many button presses this time around just because I didn't have the time to, <laughs> to uh, add all the videos I wanted to. But either way, Steve, thank you for redeeming the press the button. It is literally, like, I love this thing. I paid, like, 30 bucks for this. <laughs> it's literally like a little emergency button. I need to put some stickers on it or something. Whoa. All right. It is only in case of emergencies, and the emergency is when somebody redeems it. Now, let us talk about the controversial shenanigans that happened. For those of you that don't know, Ludwig, you know, big-time content creator Ludwig, had almost an accident or a press. I know. I know. We have to be careful. Uh, content creator Ludwig uh, had himself uh, decided to do a giant Smash tournament, a Smash Invitational, where he invited all of the top players. So it was one of the most stacked tournaments for both Melee and for uh, Smash Ultimate. About a day or so before the event, his title sponsor backed out. We don't know who that is. They didn't divulge that. However, 
Ludwig being Ludwig and being friends with the right people, uh, Mr. Beast, you know, the, the, the biggest content creator, I think, uh, on YouTube and the world right now, uh, randomly was like, hey, can I sponsor it? <laughs> so they, uh, the tournament was saved. And Ludwig was going to run the tournament regardless of title sponsor or not. He was willing to take the fall. He's a millionaire who, you know, he's got it. Um, but the tournament happened. It seemed to go almost extremely smoothly. Uh, lots of cool things happened. Lots of people played. There were a total of 66 matches because it was a Swiss bracket. It, was, it, it looked like a lot of fun. However, however, one of the big controversies that happened that caused a little bit of a stir was during one of the stream matches on Top 16, it was the second stream match, uh, between Slug and Hungrybox, Slug playing Ice Climbers, and this is on Melee, Slug playing Ice Climbers, Hungrybox playing Jigglypuff. They switched off the match. They went to another match because it was too boring to watch. Here's what that looked like. Let me pull it up, will you? That's good. By the way, chat, um, we'll shout it out a bit more later, but the Capital One shopping... So this is about uh, three games into it, uh, which if you don't and know, this matchup, for those of you that don't know, uh, Jigglypuff can basically just float around, and Ice Climbers and, uh, has a very hard time doing anything. Total dollars to our prize pool. And Ludwig got the production team to switch to a side stream match in the middle of it. With uh, lauded celebrations. So a lot of people were uh, upset by this. They were saying, oh, why would you switch matches in the middle of a match? That's stupid. That's ruining the integrity of the tournament. Blah, 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 blah. Look. Ludwig was putting on a show for his audience, right? And at the end of the day, a lot of people were saying, yeah, it's Ludwig's tournament. He can do whatever he want, blah, blah, blah. Even that, uh, even aside, a lot of people were saying, oh, that's ruining the integrity of the tournament. No, it's not because the match didn't stop, right? They just switched over. Lame, ga lame gameplay doesn't get peepers. Exactly. And whether you're like, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, he put on his content hat, blah, 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 blah. Ludwig was showing uh, Smash to an audience who doesn't normally watch Smash. So when you're showing something to a new audience, you want that audience to get the most exciting aspect that mat or of that thing, right? So with something like this, and to Olsen's point right here, uh, saying boring matchups can still be fun if the commentary makes it fun, they, it sounds like they didn't have that skill in commentary, right? So... Their solution was, hey, let's switch to another match that's easier to watch so that people can stay entertained and can like Smash. I'll be completely honest. I don't see anything wrong with that. You feel me? I see nothing wrong with that because, again, you're trying to impress an audience that doesn't normally watch this thing. And that's very difficult to do if you're showing them something that the community itself loathes right and this is and i want to i want to say this this is not me saying anything negative about hungry box this is not me saying anything negative about slug this has no semblance of negativity whatsoever it's just optics right and ludwig made the call to 
show something that is a little easier to digest for people who don't know the game. I think that's a very wise decision, to be completely honest. Um, there are times where I wish we could do that in the FGZ to be like with regular tournaments, right? Um, but, you know, we don't quite have that just yet. However, Ludwig was able to leverage it. What pisses me off is the following. A lot of people started blaming the production team. A lot of people started blaming everybody else for, uh, for this decision and started harassing the production company and all this other stuff. Like, it's, why do people need, feel the need to harass anybody on Twitter? Why? It, it li I literally cannot get my mind wrapped around the fact that somebody is going through something like, oh, this changed and I don't like it. I'm going to harass the people that did it on Twitter. Bleh. That's the stupidest fucking thing that ever existed. And if any of you here that are watching this or listening to this do that, uh, just stop it. Time to be toxic on the Yeah, like, why? Why? That literally does nothing. It just creates bad shit for everybody. Um, so stop it. First of all. Second of all, it was Ludwig's tournament, Ludwig's call, which much like what everybody else was saying. And third, I don't think it was a bad decision at all. Genuinely, right? You had a lot of people asking a lot of questions in chat about the game, like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? Commentator said, what's, uh, you know, what's a uh, wave dash? Blah, 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 right? I think it was a perfectly fine decision. And I think the viewers benefited, it, uh, benefited from it, right? So stop being stupid on the internet. I guess that's all this comes down to, right? If we can't blame anybody, then who do we hold responsible? Why do, does anybody need to get blamed? I'd love to see a tournament get covered red zone style. Steve, I actually have a proof of concept for this. We might be trying it out in the near future. Eh? Eh? Uh, I think the jump off point did it, right? Uh, or well, No, not the jump off point. The jump off, right? Is that what they call the, the thing on at Evo? But yeah, they did something similar where they would like go from game to game, right? They didn't go from like pool match to pool match, but they went from game to game. Jump off. That sounds right. Yeah, not match to match. They did from different game to different game. Um, that is possible. Uh, it's difficult, but it is possible. It'd be cool if that comes back. I agree. A hundo percento. Anybody else got any takes from uh, the, the Ludwig tournament or the, the controversy they're in? And I say controversy, but it's not really a controversy. He made a very good decision, and people were salty about it. What can stop it? Right? Right? The sponsor for, dropped for that tournament. Yeah, that's what I said. The title sponsor dropped the, like the day before, and Mr. Beast sponsored it. Yeah. Smash stuff makes Ace Jack cry. Ace Jack cry. Okay. Well, look, Ace Jack's the boss, right? So, uh, Ace Jack's the boss. So, I guess it's time for us to move on. Let's talk about Defend the North. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Defend the North, which is a tournament out of the East Coast, uh, produced by Pi City of Brass and uh, Lord Arturo and a bunch of other people, was uh, the first tournament to be fully run on pc well not the first tournament but the first like big regional tournament to be run on pc they were able to get a sponsorship from msi usa which is a computer company uh msi usa provided monitors and laptops from what i understand uh brooks 
you know, the 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 board and adapter company uh, was also involved in providing the adapters for the controllers, which made everything smooth. And Arturo did his seeing the matrix crazy optimization so that everything everybody played was in 144 hertz in the lowest latency possible. I think uh, he measured Soul Calibur 6 was running at two frames of latency. Same thing with Tekken. So quite a feat, quite a feat. And the fact that this was the first big tournament to go for it is very, very important. And I believe it will help shape the future of the FGC. What does this mean? The optimization that Arturo set up was, again, 144 hertz, lowest latency possible using MSI and Brooks Gaming uh, stuff without having a large amount of funding, right? This is, again, like Pi City of Brass's tournament over in the East Coast. They don't have the budget that big events like CEO, Combo Breaker, Evo have, right? They have a very, very limited budget. And the fact that they were able to get every single station and every single setup with a laptop running at these super optimal settings proves that the the big worry about running PC tournaments is not affordable or anything else is no longer an issue, right? Um, as long as you have the support from uh, the right people and as long as you have somebody like Arturo manning the uh, spearheading the project, it is a possible. So big ups to Arturo and everybody over at Defend the North. Now, uh, this is the last match of Street Fighter V at Defend the North. Saying it's low budget is this. So Olsen is saying uh, saying it's low budget budget is in this ingenuous when MSI was a hardware sponsor. Well, true, but the I think the the point is that. With the correct sponsor, it is possible for any tournament with any budget, right? So there it is, IDOM versus KUDO, uh, Grand Finals, and IDOM taking the big win, uh, the big dub, as it were. But um, something that I thought was very interesting was with older players having experiences prior to what we experience today with HDTVs, with HDMI, and all this other stuff, right? I feel like that type of play style is extremely different to what we uh, experience today. So with something like this, where it's going back to the more responsive, uh, the more like the more like reactive type of play, is this an advantage to the older players, the legacy players, right? And I asked this and I posed this because. We look at some of the uh, some of the other tournaments that happened. Uh, Spirogen, the god Spirogen. I'm a huge fan of Spirogen. He taught me Tekken when he came here to Austin for Austin Comic Con when Tekken Seven was just traveling with Comic Con and wasn't out yet. Um, we sat down and played a couple long sets. He he was like super cool with like giving me a lot of information about Tekken. And I can confidently say, if it wasn't for him, I would not have participated in Tekken as much as I have in my FGC career and will in the future. So big ups to Spirogen. Spirogen taking the win for Tekken and Father Raymond, Father Ramon taking the win for Soul Calibur 6, right? So is this a thing where all of a sudden, because we have 144 Hertz 
extremely low latency. Timings are going to be different. The game feel is going to be different. Is there going to be a subset of the FGC that's going to thrive in this environment more so than the environment we're seeing today? I think that's an interesting thing to dive into. And obviously, one tournament is not going to not going to uh, determine whether that's true or not. Uh, so who knows? Uh, Olsen is saying he doesn't think so because IDOM won. True. Uh, it is a net benefit for everyone. Um, I 100% I agree. Uh, the Zoomer with unlimited time and bottomless resources, I think, will be better. Still to be seen, right? This is the first big experiment of this kind, right? So we'll see what happens, as it were. But the games do change, and I think it'll be very interesting to see if any other tournaments decide to go down this route now that an experiment like this has been done and has, I think... Arguably, we can say it succeeded, right? Because there were lots of tournaments, complete tournaments. Uh, there were, there seems to be not too many issues, right? Except for like, you know, Smash.gg went down during the tournament. <laughs> I expect Sakonoko to win everything or eat my shoe. I was watching Sako's stream the other day and he was playing Project Winter, I think. Which is like not a fighting game. So, but hey. Uh, he's living his best life. Now, one of the big issues that happened, and it is an issue that has happened before, specifically this year, specifically because of Twitch, was ads. There were some ad issues uh, because of the Twitch ad incentive during Defend the North. Issues like an ad running right when Grand Finals was ending, so a lot of people who aren't subscribed to Arturo did not get to see the end of the grand finals for Street Fighter V. Uh, and that is extremely unfortunate. And a lot of people were pissed off at Art. But I don't think Arturo is the one to be pissed off at. The, the arguments that have been happening are, yes, you could manually manage the ads so that they don't ruin a grand finals. That's absolutely true. However, keep in mind... Arturo's already, like, busting his ass, right? He's, like, making sure all the setups work. He's making sure all this shit runs smooth. Unfortunately, we didn't have somebody managing ads, right? Which is a new thing. Is the upgrade worth the costs for the tournament? I, I don't know. I don't know Pi City of Brass. I don't know, like, what the financials uh, look like for the tournament as far as, like, costs and all that. But... I think if you look at the end product of it, the streams and the player experiences, I can or I think that's arguably a success, right? But getting back to the ad thing, you know, this is something that we talked a, a little bit about before is that Twitch is really starting to push these ads and having these ad incentives that pay extremely well, right? But it's at the cost of a viewer experience. If this situation, I feel like this is such a, dark slippery slope for twitch because there's going to be a breaking point right where ads are going to interrupt the viewer experience so much that people are going to move platforms right it's i think the way they're doing it now is completely unfeasible there's too many ads not enough uh there's too many ads and it completely ruins the long-form nature of a show right so for example earlier this month I had an ad incentive 
where uh, I had to run, I think it was three minutes of ads every hour. And I believe that's probably what Arturo had as well. So every, every hour on the hour, three minutes of ads, right? I remember back to when we were streaming the beta where I would start a match. I would be in the middle of a match and I would look over and I'd be in the middle of an ad, right? And then the viewer count would start to drop. Uh, that sucks. That's stupid. Now, obviously, the answer to this is subscribe to the, the streamer so you don't see the ads. Uh, subscribe to Twitch Turbo. It's $9 a month. If you go to twitch.tv forward slash turbo, you can subscribe to that and you don't get any ads on the website. Uh, granted, we don't know how long that's going to be there for at this point. It's frustrating. It's frustrating that Twitch is kind of going down this way. Uh, the reason being, of course, Twitch is the website with the leading metric in watch time, right? When you have a streamer streaming for six hours and you have like 10,000 people, 10,000 people watching, you know, that's what, like 60,000 hours watched, right? These ad incentives are not mandatory, um, but the money's good, right? Like the way, the way they're, they're, they're made through an algorithm. So what it is, is they'll give you an ad density that is correlated to your payout. So you have the option of running one minute of ads. You have the option of running uh, 90 seconds of ads and you have an option to run three minutes of ads. They're mandatory if you want to put food on the table. Exactly. Especially after Twitch did away with the 730 partner split, right? For those of you that don't know, in the before times, as in before a couple of weeks ago, Twitch had certain contracts that were that would uh, split each subscription into 70-30, where the streamer would earn 70% of each subscription and Twitch would take 30. That is gone. Twitch did away with that, right? Now it's everybody is 50-50. And Twitch does this and says something like, we're all in this together. And then makes everybody run shitty ads. Uh, you could tell him, I think you could tell I'm a little bit heated about it. Um, bad decisions on bad decisions. I don't blame art. And I think the people who are blaming art are not correct to do so. This is an added thing that we have to worry about. This was an issue at Evo, right? Where Evo had to run Twitch ads on top of their sponsored ads, right? So you would have one match and then have nine minutes of ads and then watch another match and then have 20 minutes of ads or whatever, right? So it's, it's a tricky situation. It's a tricky situation. And it's something that is evolving extremely fast. And I think it's going to take a couple of tries for us in the FGC and for the people who run tournaments and uh, tournament broadcasts to find a suitable solution that doesn't involve people watching 20 minutes of ads or interrupting uh, or like completely ruining the viewer experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Olsen, uh, Olsen and I w were at Evo together. Blue, our producer and our other producer, PB Tuft were also there. And yeah, we would watch two matches and then we would just like they would just throw the will it kill down our throats. <laughs> I think it got to a point where they were like kind of repeating them, too, which is. Uh, yeah. And uh, for those of you that don't remember our post Evo show, Steve put it together that Mortal Kombat ran for like five hours because of those ad breaks. So, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, I trust Rick. Rick definitely looked into it and tried to make the experience as best he could 
once he found out that was an issue. Same thing with the art. We found out this was an issue. Next time, I'm hoping it'll be better. Four hours, sorry. Four or five hours, does it matter at that point? I feel like once you get past three, it just all blurs together. The landscape of Twitch changing has affected our tournament. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to find a suitable solution for it in the near future. Uh, Olsen was at Climax, so he missed all of it. I heard a lot of really good things about Climax of Night. I unfortunately was not able to watch uh, because I was in between a lot of things and watching Defend the North. Uh, Blue is also at Climax, and you guys got together. Sick. Good to know. Uh, Shanchi says, uh, I know it wasn't their fault, but I lost interest due to Start GG downtime. Yeah, I did hear, I did hear about the Start GG downtime, and that's unfortunate. And uh, again, like, that's another thing where it's completely out of the control of the people who are running the tournament, and that is unbelievably frustrating. So I really do feel for them, uh, for that. That sucks. It really does. Uh, that's it for Defend the North, uh, and the what I would argue, uh, successful uh, first big PC-only regional tournament in the FGC. Animate Sam has redeemed the press the button. So we're going to press the button. Which clip is it going to be? At one point in time, largely considered he was second place last year to Luffy in Evolution. And at that point in time, he was one of those players that was considered maybe the greatest player on the planet. Yeah, it really seemed like that. And since then, his success has been a little bit lessened, but he is still a threat, still a very, very strong player. But his opponent is... His oppo who's his opponent? Who's his opponent? We hear the music, but where is his opponent? <laughs> He's already on stage, Dominion! Mr. Kevin Landon of New York City. Nobody saw it. Oh, man. Dude, Base Monster was such a good channel, man. Thank you for uh, redeeming the press the button uh, reward there. Uh, we only have two clips left for this go around, so every, let's pace it out, right? We have, um, we have just one more topic, and then we can go crazy with it. Uh, or you can do whatever you want. You guys have the power. I just have the button. And I, I have to bend to your will on this one. Let's move away from Defend the North and talk about Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6 and Capcom got some, uh, we got some updates. Um, something very interesting happened yesterday where the entire day I was thinking about Street Fighter 6. I was like, man... Wish I could play Street Fighter Six again. That game was very interesting. It felt very fresh, and it felt like it, it felt good to look at something. Uh, it felt good to look at something with like curiosity and wonder again, right? Like we haven't had a new game like that for a little for a little while. So I was thinking about Street Fighter Six all day. I even tweeted out, "I was like, man, I'm thinking about Street Fighter Six. 
dang it, they took the beta away. The beta came up. I guess I you just have to wish for it, right? Uh, some people were uh, some people started saying on Twitter that the beta was up. They were on PlayStation Five, and they were able to log in and play some very, very, very laggy matches. However, people on PC did not get that luxury. Why? Because of the issues with people cracking the beta, right? Uh, a lot of people have been, much like uh, the Street Fighter V beta, a lot of people have been uh, modding the beta so that they're still able to play training mode or versus, uh, and they're still able to play the game. In response to that, Capcom sent out an update for Street Fighter VI on Steam. What does that do? What does that update do, you might be asking? It deletes it deletes the Street Fighter 6.exe from your computer. <laughs> the cap cops are on the case. Delete the executable file. Uh, so anybody that did uh, update their Street Fighter 6 on Steam, they sent a rootkit. <laughs> no, they did not send a rootkit. Uh, they just deleted the game from your computer. Uh, so anybody who did upgrade their Street Fighter 6 on Steam, update, sorry, not upgrade, update, uh, were not able to... Log in. For people who didn't update, however, they were also able to log in. Now, there are a lot of, you know, theories and speculation as to why would they just turn on this beta? Why would they just turn this on? Uh, I remember when the Street Fighter V beta was on. I was unemployed and I was recovering from foot surgery, so I had nothing else better to do. So every once in a while, I would just go on the, the client and just keep clicking the any button. And sometimes... It would lock on. I remember uh, after the first beta, it was a couple weeks afterwards, I was just bored pressing the any button, and I got on. And I got to play with Vega and with Mika before they were out. And I specifically have a YouTube video on an old derelict YouTube channel I used to have uh, of me experimenting with those characters before they came out. It was very interesting. So what does it mean that they turned the beta on? Were they testing something on their end and they weren't expecting people to be bored and pressing the any button? Maybe. Some people were speculating that Capcom turned the beta on to see who cracked or who had a cracked version of the beta on Steam. So that people who were playing on Steam logged on and Capcom would have their information. I feel like that's a little asinine. I don't believe that. Could it be that they just turned it on just to turn it on to see if it still worked? Because they're probably setting up for another beta. Who knows? Something that is interesting is if you did launch Street Fighter 6, it was version 0.2 instead of 0.1. So there's a new build. Is the new build just deleting the executable file? Probably. Or is it the rest of the cast? We'll never know. We'll never know until we get another beta. Either yesterday or two days ago, Capcom released their financial information. <laughs> patch notes fixed issue where pc gamers might be coders very true um now a lot of speculation has also been going on to when we're going to play the or uh, get to play these games or when are we going to see the release of street fighter 6 right when is street fighter 6 coming out will we get to play it uh i know myself included a lot of people were speculating that uh, Street Fighter 6 was going to come out around February, right? Because every other Street Fighter has come out in February. 
So it makes sense that this Street Fighter would come out in February. However, recently, as pointed out by, I'm going to get this person's name, it's pointed out by, oh, here it is, uh, Genki underscore JPN on Twitter. He posted the Capcom to, uh, second half of the financial year of 2022 earnings report. And in the earnings report, when we look into the page of operating results for the second half, the second six months uh, of, uh, I'm sorry, the first six months of 2022, it states from the top, operating results overview. During the six months ending in September 30th, 2022, the company actively pursued growth investments focused on enhancing digital sales to respond to the ever-evolving and expanding global market. Follow me? Moreover, with the aim of enhancing corporate value, the company implemented specific policies for its human resources investment strategy, which one of management's priorities, such as reorganizing its human resources operation, establishing the new post of chief human resources officer, and revising its compensation system in order to further the steady, sustainable growth of the company. Guided by this management policy... The company increased its sales volume in the global market through the launch of a major new title in its flagship series and the continued pursuit of digital catalog titles, titles sales, focusing on enhancing the value of its content in its core digital contents business. I'm going to read that one part one more time because we got to pay attention to the wording here. The second paragraph says, guided by its management policy, the company increased its sales volume in the global market through the launch of a major new title in its flagship series and the continued pursuit of digital catalog titles sales, focusing on enhancing the value of its contents in its core digital contents business. Now, the big, big worry is that in this... uh, in this uh, financial report, the wording of the releases they will have in the first quarter of 2023 changed. Right? That's the big worry. So, with what we just read, let's take a gander at what games Capcom has released in the first half of 2022. Because they said they released one flagship title. In 2022. And the rest were all digital. So. What games were released in 2022? Let's take a gander, shall we? Starting from the bottom. On June 24th. Capcom Fighting Collection. (coughs) Excuse me. uh, Which is a 10 game collection. Celebrating 30 years of Street Fighter. And every single Darkstalkers known to man. A month later. On July 22nd, they released the Capcom Arcadium Second Stadium, which is a compilation of 32 classic Capcom arcade games. As of tomorrow, Resident Evil Reverse, which is the Resident Evil uh, multiplayer online something, something, something. I'm not entirely sure what the game is. Is it like a, a, a MOBA or is it like a Battle Royale? Who knows? It's getting released tomorrow. And then later on down the line, in November of 24th, the Capcom collection is coming out, and it's going to be 10 Capcom games built into the Evercode EXP handheld. Now, you might be asking, wait a minute, none of these are flagship titles, right? 
So let's take a look at what came before June 24th of 2022. And the, the Capcom release, and this is according to Giant Bomb, uh, the Capcom release prior to June 24th, 2022, is in the previous fiscal year, and it was the great Ace Attorney Chronicles in July 27th of 2021. So what does this mean? The wording that they used, right? Let's let's go back to the the big report. The wording that they used here. I'm going to open this back up so I can read it on the second paragraph. Uh, the company increased its sales volume in the global market through the launch of a major new title in its flagship series and the continued pursuit of digital catalog title sales. I don't think we saw like a big triple A release this year. So the fact that they're using this wording makes me think that this might just be a weird translation error, right? If we hop down to the very, very last two lines, this is the lines that everybody was reading and inferring that we won't be getting uh, Street Fighter VI until after March of 2023 because the next six months, uh, which is a financial quarter or a, a financial period, and in March 2023. So the very, very last two lines of this earnings report says, going forward, the company will work to achieve full year guidance through measures such as the release of a major new title in the second half of the fiscal year. So second half of the fiscal year being the beginning of 2023. Now, Along this entire earnings report, uh, or along like th this information, we saw that uh, throughout this past year, Capcom lost a little bit of money, but they've been like their profits are still uh, on par with what they did last year. It's a little bit less because they haven't released any big games. Now, here's the other thing. Once again, the last two lines saying, going forward, the company will work to achieve full-year guidance through measures such as, release, uh, such as the release of a major new title in the second half of the fiscal year. What is the only title that we know of from Capcom that is being released in the beginning of 2023? Chat, you guys know? You guys know? We don't know the date for Street Fighter VI. It's just slated as 2023. That means scene got it. Resident Evil 4. I believe Resident Evil 4 comes out in March. So it's at right at the end of that financial, uh, the financial quarter. So a lot of people are inferring that because of this wording, changing from the wording of the previous uh, fi uh, earnings report, saying that they were going to release multiple uh, flagship titles, they're taking that as Street Fighter VI is no longer going to be released in the timeline that we thought it was going to be released, right? Specifically, it's going to be released after March 2023. Is it possible that they're taking more time to finish the game? Possibly. Is it possible that they weren't even planning to release the game in February of 2023? Possible. Is it possible that the wording in this is just a little bit off due to a translation uh, issue, right? Because once again, they referred to one single flagship title uh, 
when talking about the 2022 releases. But as we saw, there are four releases. One with Darkstalkers and Street Fighter uh, as their... Uh, the Darkstalker Street Fighter collection and Red Earth. Uh, the other with Capcom arcade games. Resident Evil Reverse is coming out tomorrow. And then there's going to be a Capcom collection for the EXP handheld on November 24th. So this is multiple games in one quarter that on the earnings report was said to be one singular one. Ideally, publishers don't want their titles to clash in the same month, even if the genre is completely different. 100%, right? You don't want to dilute your, uh, you don't want to dilute your, uh, your uh, sales figures with uh, too many products. However, here's the other thing too. And I was watching a Maximilian, uh, Maximilian stream, and he brought this up. Unless you're EA, you don't care. 100%. Uh, Maximilian brought this up, and I thought it was a very interesting point and something that we have not thought about in a hot minute, but there is the Game Awards coming up, right? Game Awards are coming, are fast approaching. They're already announcing, like, nominees and stuff uh, for it. Speaking of which, we got a couple of FGC nominees for eSports player, e- e- either eSports player of the year or eSports rookie of the year. We have Scorpion Prox, who won EVO for MK, and we have Umisho, who won EVO for Strive uh, nominated. So if you care about that stuff at all, go ahead and vote. And if, if you don't care about it, go vote anyway, because FGC getting the spotlight is never bad. Rising tide raises all ships, you know, that whole thing. However, something that's been speculated about the Game Awards, much like the Game Awards a couple years ago, is the fabled NRS project. Right, we know that NRS, NetherRealm Studios, has been working on something. We don't know what it is, and we know that NRS in the past, specifically for Mortal Kombat 11, showed off the first teaser for Mortal Kombat 11 at the Game Awards, and they broke the cycle of showing it at E3. Is that going to happen again this year? Mortal Kombat games have a history of coming out around March-April, right? A couple years ago, Mortal Kombat 11 got shown off at the Game Awards, came out in March or April, right? I believe it was April. Hey, Google. Hold on, let me, let me, let me confer to Google here real quick. Hey, Google. When did Mortal Kombat 11 get released? Mortal Kombat 11's initial release date is April 23rd, 2019. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but April 23rd, 2019. So... Releasing something like a Street Fighter in March is going to kind of coincide a little bit with the Mortal Kombat game, or um, not Mortal Kombat game, the NRS game, if it comes out in that same timeline. On top of that, another thing that we've been speculating uh, speculating about is Tekken, right? Tekken 8 mysteriously showed up at a PlayStation State of Play after being teased at EVO which I think was an interesting choice. However, it was PlayStation that made the decision to do it, not the Tekken team, from what I understand. Uh, And maybe they did it because if Tasty Steve saw that full Tekken trailer that we saw at the State of Play at EVO, I think the arena would have exploded. So I think it was for our own safety that they decided to show it at the State of Play instead of at the arena. Tekken's another thing that we're speculating might be at the Game Awards. Specifically... 
because Jeff Keighley tweeted out, get ready, right after the teaser. He would have thrown Harada off the balcony. He would have thrown Harada, Rip, Michael Murray, and Mark Mann all off. And then, like, the entire streaming setup that they had, the commentator's booth, was going to get thrown over. He would have thrown himself over, absolutely. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, but immediately after Tekken was teased at Evo, Jeff Keighley tweeted out, get ready, with the picture of Kazuya, right? So there's a lot of speculation that Tekken is also going to be shown at the Game Awards. And Tekken, well, Tekken's going to come out early 2023, just like it came out early 2017, which was in June. <laughs> Uh, so if that's the case, all of these title releases are getting mighty close to the esports side of things, right? If Street Fighter Six comes out after February, it's going to be difficult to see if we'll have a Capcom Pro Tour that year, right? Maybe we'll have like what they did with. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, where they'll have some side tournaments for it, and then they'll have one big thing at Capcom Cup. Who knows? Um, same thing with Tekken. Same thing with Mortal Kombat, right? So I'm very interested to see if my gut feeling is correct in the sense that the wording in the financial report is just a little bit weird. Because there's a pattern. We saw the releases. Uh, we saw the multiple releases they've had this year. Is it like uh, other years they've had? No, right? They, there wasn't a big Monster Hunter uh, game release. Monster Hunter World being their most bought game at this point. Uh, there wasn't a Resident Evil. Resident Evil 8 Village got released last year. There wasn't a Street Fighter. So my gut feeling is Street Fighter is still coming out in February of 2023. Right? Maybe the maybe it's still a little bit uh maybe the release the, the idea of a release date is still very ephemeral, right? Maybe the game's not done and they can't really find a timeline for it just yet. It feels like the game is close to done, but when do Evo games usually get announced in March? If I'm remembering correctly, I believe it was March, either March or April maybe. But yeah, they usually have the big uh, Evo show. Yeah, we'd have to find out before then 100%. 100%. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that in the future. You feel me? And if Street Fighter VI isn't at EVO, then it's going to be a little bit difficult. Unless another... Oh, man. Do you guys remember that internal memo of a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite tour that leaked? And it had EVO on it? And then the person who was running EVO at the time was like, I've never seen this before. And then didn't put... Marvel on the Evo lineup. Boy, if that happens again. Ooh. Aside from all of this, that was infinite though. True. Aside from all of this, MVCI was different though. Man, it, it kind of sucks. I really like playing MVCI. Uh, yeah, Evo lineup was revealed in March. Nice. I was right. This weekend, Capcom is in Thailand for the Thai Thailand Comic Con. And they do have a Street Fighter Six presence there, along with the Street Fighter V presence and other Capcom games. Will we be getting something out of Thailand Comic Con? 
most likely not. But there's a chance. So keep your ears to the ground. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Uh, maybe they're going to announce a Thai character that we don't know about. Maybe one of the characters that we saw is Thai. Paris Game Week is coming up. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that this weekend, Mean Scene? Has Capcom announced something on Paris Games Week? They do have they do have a French character, so maybe they'll announce it, right? Or not announce it because she's already been announced, but maybe they'll show her. Oh, it's November. Okay, so it's next week. Next week. Next week. Yeah, I'd be interested to check that out. Who knows? Who knows? We are at our final topic, and this one's going to be fairly quick. Because there's some stuff in here that I want to mention. There's some stuff in here that I don't want to mention, but it's worth talking about. Welcome back to Quick Hits. We made it. I said I was going to have an intro graphic for this, and I don't have it yet. I apologize. Uh, we made it to Quick Hits, everybody. Congratulations. We're here. We did it. Read it. Quick Hits. First, Guilty Gear, for those of you that don't know, have been having tons of betas. The Guilty Gear Strive crossplay beta happened last week. Seemed to run pretty well. Didn't hear any complaints. So I can only assume that it's all right. The Guilty Gear Revelator 2 rollback beta is happening right now. And the general sentiment is that it's pretty dang great. Right? Who would have thought if you put rollback into a game, people were going to play it. Uh, and people have been having a lot of fun. I talked with Olsen, our editor, a little bit because he is a Revelator 2 player. And according to Olsen, there is like some very rare syncing issues and there are some graphical bugs that keep happening during the beta. However, as the beta's gone on, they've improved. So their Arxis or whoever's working on the rollback for Revelator 2 is actively improving and the Issues that people were having at the beginning of this beta seem to be either diminished or completely taken care of. So big ups to Arxis for two successful betas. And I hope that the implementation is very fast approaching so that we can enjoy Guilty Gear Strive crossplay and Revelator rollback uh, in a more permanent sense. You feel me? So big ups to Arxis, dude. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, some, uh, some other, few, uh, another few things happening in the FGC multiverses announced that black Adam will be the next character. And sure enough, the release of the black Adam character in multiverses coincides with the black Adam film release, you know, the one with the rock in it. Uh, so interested to see how that pairs up. Uh, and supposedly, uh, Tony, Tony Hyun, Hyun. I think is his name. I, I hope I'm not butchering it too hard. Uh, has been teasing a lot of uh, a lot of Black Adam stuff on Twitter. So excited to see what comes of that. Next, Lil Majin revealed this week that his accounts, both on Twitter and YouTube, got stolen. Somebody gained access to his accounts, and he was not able to uh, access any of them, which is pretty sad because he had quite a following on YouTube and quite a following on Twitter. Luckily enough, after, I assume, working with YouTube and Twitter, Majin has gotten his accounts back, and he's on his way to setting everything back up again. So, big ups to Majin. Hope he's doing well. Little Majin, you know, uh, Tekken's uh, favorite, America's favorite king player uh, from uh, 
Evo 2018, right? It was 2018 that he had that sick run. I think it was 2018. Uh, didn't that happen to him before? I have no idea. I have no idea. There has been a... Somebody re revealed that there has been a, a pretty consistent scam operation that takes... That poses as sponsorships for YouTube channels and then forces them to download a virus which sends uh, the, the scammers their account information for YouTube. And then they take the YouTube channel and they try to sell it off. And yeah, so be wary, be wary. Uh, be sure to check those uh, sent from email addresses, will you? Last but not least, and this one's, uh, this one's a little bit of a dark one. This one happened last week. Uh, a player by the name of Akumu, who's been a big problem in the FGC with harassing people, making YouTube video hit pieces about people who uh, barely have, like were not deserving of it. Granted, like nobody I think is deserved of deserving of a hit piece, as it were. Uh, and generally like known as somebody who's like very harassing and very unstable, uh, threatened to shoot up an 808 tournament. Saying something along the lines of, I can easily come there and, you know, gun sounds. This was immediately taken care of uh, by the community, which is very nice to see. The people at the 808 tournament uh, added, uh, notified the uh, police department of where the tournament was being held and had added, added security. And later that day, unverified sources on Twitter were saying that this person was arrested. So... Safety all around. Uh, don't threaten to shoot anyone or anything ever. That's bad. And I'm sure that person found that out. So let's hope that that's the end of that saga. And let's hope that we don't have to talk about stuff like this ever again. Speaking of what exactly what I just spoke about, Ian Davis, the person who runs uh, KIT, tweeted out a couple days ago saying, For those asking... KIT 2022's venue employs two armed police officers inside for every event. This event will have a third police officer patrolling the parking lot and perimeter. Security is very aware of our event and anything surrounding it. Looking forward to a safe and fun weekend. So big ups to Ian Davis uh, from KIT. For those of you that don't know, uh, this upcoming KIT the Kumite in Tennessee will be the final Kumite in Tennessee. We're very sad to see them go because that tournament has always been uh, quite amazing. It does start tomorrow. It does start tomorrow. So please go check it out and make sure to let Ian and all the KIT crew know that they are very loved and uh, they were great contributors to the FGC and we're sad to see them go. Anybody else got anything? Any final button presses? We have two more videos. If not, I'm just going to press the button anyway, and then we're going to sign off. Anybody else want to redeem it? Well, I mean, I can't press it unless you guys redeem it. So either we're going to see it or we're not. <laughs> All right. Well, while you guys are deciding that, I'm going to go ahead and do the. Okay. Well, we got <laughs> we got two people doing it. So we're going to watch two videos. Enjoy. This is what that man won. Majinal Mom has walked off set. He needs to go confirm what's going on. It's too real. It, it's unreal. I didn't that, need to confirm shit. I had to get the deodorant. The deodorant. The what are you dog? doing? What are you doing? Read it out loud. Yo, what's up? Men degree. Amen. How many Listen hours? Up. How what? many hours of protection? 48 hours of protection. 
How about you wear Sport, it? Sport, big dog. You Sport. only need to wear it one and a half times. It's a 72-hour event. And I don't want to see you out there stinking. And it's just day one, baby, baby. This is Combo Breaker so 2018. So get it. <laughs> there you go. Majin Obama popping off about deodorant. <laughs> Dude, Majin Obama, I think, is one of my favorite people on the FGC. Oh, did you guys see that? Majin Obama is, like, on giant billboards in Japan now. <laughs> emotes man I'm a, I'm a subscriber to obama too so i get it all right and since we had two kwanzai this one's for you the last clip of the day it, if i don't show up if i don't show up at 10 a.m i'm so sorry by the pools you know where to find me i'll be in my room look man i got a whole cartridge fill of this eight bullets Eight bullets, eight bullets spinning on this right give me, now. Give me one of those, yipes. Give me one. Right here? Right, right, right in the dome piece. <laughs> right. Ah! There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry that was loud. I saw it, and it burned my ears, too, so you're not alone. I apologize. The, the crazy thing about these base monster videos is they're not. <laughs> they're, they're, they're very not uh, mixed. Because they're all from different tournaments and everything. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> the instant regret from K Brad. Just ah. Before we leave, did you guys? Do you guys like the button? Are you guys fans of the button as much as I am? Uh, I do need to find other uses for the button, but I'm a fan. A time capsule, dude. Yeah, I'm so happy it's still there. I think I'm just gonna like download the entirety of the Base Monster archives. Thought you got a nuke button? Yeah, it is. This is a, the emergency button. You had no idea they stopped posting videos? Yeah, they haven't posted for a hot minute. All right, here's the sitch. We're going to go raid Tupperware because the, the, uh, the big grapple is going on over there. So when we get over there to Tupperware, be sure to type in the chat, best of five says hi, uh, to let them know that, you know, uh, we're, we're coming from here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please. Go over to our YouTube, youtube.com forward slash best of show, scrolling right there. Uh, we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers so we can start monetizing that content. Help us out. Give it a sub. Uh, give it a like. Give it a thumbs up. All the other stuff. You can go to bestofvshow.com for all of our socials and all this other stuff. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Let's go raid Tubbleware, and I'll catch you guys on Monday for our movie night. We're watching Fight Club. Until then, everybody, peace out.